at you rolling up your sleeves for a podcast. Gotta get down and dirty. Gotta get in the mud. Gotta work hard. Gotta really, uh, you know, any any uh, good elbow um, uh, allowance for motion. In case I need. Who to do you think slam? you're fighting in this podcast? Because I feel somewhat threatened. <laughs> what if I have to uh, aggressively slam my hands on the table in case we get into a debate about foreign affairs, like we're old British parliamentarians? I would love to make you that mad. <laughs> to where you're slamming tables. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. I haven't been that mad. Do you ever actually do that in frustration? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't. I, I do. I, there was a time of my like uh, uh, testosterone masculine adolescence where I thought like a responsible <laughs> way to handle uh, stress was to like punch a thing. But I don't really have that. Punch walls. Sure, yeah. you're tough. I don't have much of that anymore. Because <laughs> the wall is really going to be like, oh, you're so tough. Right. It doesn't really achieve anything. I don't know why the walls talk like, like that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I hit my... Uh, like. I'm never dumb enough to where I hit things with my fist. I don't hit things with a clenched fist, because that's how you break shit. Mm-hmm. I... If I like get mad, I will occasionally like slap my desk, but I'll do it with like an open hand. Yeah, um... Yeah, the only time like the only time I'm at a desk and frustrated at the same time is at work, right? And I don't think uh, that would be a, hel- a, a, a it wouldn't be a good look for me if if I was just the guy smashing my desk. <laughs> Sometimes I will hit my keyboard, yeah, like not but not hard. Just be like I'll be frustrated and I'll just like instead of hitting one key that's not working, I'll just smush them all. But only like <laughs> not really hard, you know, just like a okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Working from home is probably not healthy for me because I, I can, I'm free to express myself in any way I choose. <laughs> it's probably not a good idea if I ever want to get back to the normal office world. You should be expressing yourself with your full capability. And now you're living in correctional no, facilities. No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are some ex- there are some expressions I think we should just leave down deep. Sure. Like what? Oh boy, do you really want? Okay. Uh. Like, if we just went up to girls and were like, please nope. sleep with me. Like, yeah, that'd exactly. be bad. Yeah. yeah, no, we shouldn't We shouldn't be saying that. No, you shouldn't. And I mean just sleep with me. I don't mean sex or anything. I just mean I have a queen-size bed and it's got room. <laughs> I have a... Excuse me, ma'am. I have a queen-size bed? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Sure. So, welcome to Foolish, uh, episode 42? Yeah, Wakefield. episode 42. Tim Wakefield. Isn't that a Coldplay song? Uh, they, uh, yeah, I think it might be. I think it has one of the weirdest starting lyrics too. It's a uh, those who are not those who are dead are not dead. They're just living in my head. Yeah. Well, is that forty two? I don't know. That might be um, Cemeteries of London, or yeah, maybe it is. It's on Viva La Vida. I know that. It's it's not that weird. You know, he's dealing with the ghosts of his past. I think is what he's trying to say. Yep, it's 42. Okay, good. Nailed it. Probably should have done that research before getting into that, but anyway. Have you seen the TV show Nailed It on Netflix? No. Is it like one of those... Is it like a game show? It's like a Chopped. Oh. But the premise is the people on it uh, have uh, almost no experience cooking, so everything comes out terrible. Oh, okay. It's it's pretty funny. I would like to be on that show. It's with... um, There's a comedian uh, who hosts it. I forget. Vanessa Bayer. Of um, K 
Comedy oh, Bang Bang her. fame. She's the host of it, and it's really... Wait, Comedy Bang Bang fame? She's Beth... on SNL, right? No, oh, not Vanessa Bayer. Who am I thinking of? Yeah, Vanessa Bayer is on Comedy Bang Bang. Who? What's her name? It's She is the uh, not even close to Vanessa Bayer. What is her name? <laughs> I'm I was going to say, I love Vanessa Bayer. <sighs> Why did I say Vanessa Bayer? That's not even close. Does she look like her? Not even a little bit. Oh, okay. Nicole Byer. Why? That's why. Oh, okay. I, I get why you said it then. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're they're almost the opposites in every way, except they both seem to be delightful ladies. Um. They both have similar last names. Yeah, that's that's what happened. Uh, it's a really her, <laughs> she she's like the host, and her judge. She has like a panel of judges, and one of them uh, rotates, and the other judge is this French guy, who's like the most French guy in the world. He talks with that we we French, yeah. and just the, all the dishes are just—it's all baking, and everything comes out like garbage. And it's—it's it's pretty funny because they give them like over-the-top challenges. It's like mm-hmm. make a cake that looks like a shark, and it's just <laughs> the contestants. Let's um, just focus on the cake part first. It's—it's—it's <laughs> it's, a—it's a pretty good watch. It's a pretty good watch. I would recommend uh, watching. Nailed it. It's on Netflix. Okay, that sounds like a very like light-hearted, nice way to waste like half an hour of time. Yeah, and it's su- it's super silly. It's it's I think uh, Drew McGarry. I uh, saw I saw a tweet that he did. He said, "I'm not. Sh- I I spent an hour watching Nailed It, and I didn't know it wasn't a scripted joke. <laughs> like it's really the it's really absurd how <laughs> much everyone messes up and is terrible. Okay, but it's not mean. It's I'm in into a fun it. way. It's like everyone knows they're bad, and it's just like, well, if you can kind of figure this out even a little bit, we're gonna give you points. Right. Yeah, I was worried it was going to be one of those shows that, um, like, I can't, for some reason, I can't watch these shows now, like, these these cringe shows where, like, one dude has a challenge from his other dude friends, and he's like, you have to talk to that lady for, like, two minutes without her, like, walking away or something like that. I hate, I hate that stuff. There's that show, it's those four. I can't watch those cringe ones. It's those four guys. Yeah, that one. That show is, like, aggressively bad. (laughs) <laughs> i was watching it once with with the uh, our friend roland and i i was like i can't watch this i have to walk away and he's like what what's wrong with you i, I don't know why i couldn't like it made me uncomfortable to watch it yeah those shows peaked with like jackass and stuff you know like well like tom green show was big into it and then jackass and right it was all about like oh we're gonna set up hidden cameras and just kind of screw with random people who aren't asking for any of this yeah, maybe it was just when it came out, but I was fine with those ones back then. But we were much younger, and it was so yeah, novel. You know, we hadn't seen anything yeah. like it, really. True. Yeah, I remember one where it was just, they were sitting in a library, and it was like, the challenge was, it was something ridiculous. Like, who can do the most stuff to make the people in the library leave? Yeah. And it's like, well, but they're, like, the people in the library are actually trying to study and stuff. It was like a college library. And it's like, you guys are just Yeah, maybe one mean. person has, like, a final exam tomorrow. Like, no, it's like... You guys aren't helping anyone's day with what you're doing. You're just being very rude and very loud and obnoxious and making three other guys who are also rude, loud, and obnoxious laugh. And I was just like, I don't know. No, thank you. Pass. Which at first I was going to say, oh, this is you're just doing something that's really easy to do. But actually, it's not. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. Like, I legitimately wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, but not because um, the only reason you wouldn't be able to do it is because you have, like, pride. <laughs> right. Like, you capably could do it. It's just, like, you don't want to do it because it's yeah. not, like, an acceptable thing. Like, you could run down the street naked. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. It's just you don't do it because you don't want to be that guy. No one, no one wants to see that. Nope. 
All right. So, <laughs> I don't know what that silence was. Anyway, let's quickly change the subject. Sure. <laughs> so, I, I was thinking of something today. Um, someone mentioned Forrest Gump. Okay. Uh, now, and I can't believe that movie was 24 years ago. Oh but anyway, God. I know. 24 years ago. But Forrest Gump, pretty good movie, right? Um... I think it's a little overrated, but yeah, it's pretty good. You're kind of okay. Don't 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 get ahead of me, Chuck. I'm not trying to. Even though I know, I know. Um, so Forrest Gump won Best Picture. It won the Oscar for Best Picture in 1994. In 1994, I want to tell you the movies that it went against. You can tell the and, listeners. Um, I already, I'm well aware of this already. You can tell the listeners because it's it's a oh. goddamn travesty. Okay, good. You know it. Yeah, so four weddings and a funeral. Uh, can't say which, I've ever seen it. Yeah, I've never seen it either. Um, quiz show, mm, which was which, which had a uh, Robert Redford in it. Four weddings mm. and a funeral, by the way, had a Hugh Grant in it, which I was very surprised that Hugh Grant was in a movie that got nominated for an Oscar. Uh, Bill, quick, do your Hugh Grant impression. I, 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 terribly sorry. <laughs> terribly sorry. He's just always sorry. And then they always fall in love with him. I don't know why. I've tried it. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and then one of your favorite movies, Pulp Fiction. I, I'm wondering if that still stands. By the way, if that's still one of your favorite movies, it's, like it's where not. that ranks, not anymore. It's 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 fallen off a little bit. It's still like unquestionably a well done movie, but it hasn't aged very well. Okay. Um, and then my favorite movie still remains my favorite movie, The Shawshank Redemption. The what? The Shawshank Redemption. I don't think I've ever heard of that. What's it about? Um. Oh. So, okay. So it's about um. It's about these guys that really want to play chess, and they're <laughs> in a place where they really can't play chess very well. So they're trying to make a chess board. It's like an one Ocean's of the guys. He, he only likes checkers. So they gotta what was sneak that? in the chess. They gotta. They gotta. They gotta figure out all the. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, it's like Ocean's Eleven. They gotta steal all the chess pieces, right? Yeah, it's a guy that knows how to get things, and he's gotta get the chess stuff. No, Shawshank is, um, it's, I don't know that it's my favorite movie, but it's certainly a perfect movie. It's really good. And so now knowing that, I'm I'm like, if those same Oscars happened today, Shawshank would win, right? Forrest Gump wouldn't win? I think Pulp Fiction should win. Just in terms of being, like, like Pulp Fiction could win because it's artsy and stylistic enough to Yeah, to kind of like, qualify. Sh- they're both certainly better than Forrest Gump. Right. Yeah, but I would I think, rank Forrest Gump third on that list. Yeah, I would. I would agree with you. I like Shawshank more. Than, like when I first saw Pulp Fiction, it like blew my brain out of my head. I thought it was the. Right. I thought it was the best movie ever made for a long time. I've I've, I've backed off that a little bit as I've matured, um, mostly right. because <laughs> it's just because Quentin Tarantino was like really racist in it, and I just didn't want to. Oh right, yeah, kind of. It, it's still a pretty good movie. <laughs> Pulp Fiction is still really really good. Like Forrest Gump is good. There's there's nothing about it that's like aged badly for me. But no, not at all. But it's kind of not that. It's, like yeah, Pulp Fiction does age a little badly because of all the the racist stuff and things like that. But it's still like a masterfully crafted movie. It and it did change the way movies were made for a long time. Like it created that whole kind of I don't know, hip, fast paced crime drama. You know, cool storytelling perspective, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and really cool foreshadowing, I think. 
Yeah, it was, it was it's brilliant. It's hilarious. It's brilliantly written. I don't know. I couldn't I, if either one, Shawshank or Pulp Fiction, deserves to be the best movie of the year for that year, probably. Okay, good. That's all I wanted to confirm. Yeah, yeah. No, and Forrest Gump is fine, but if you just watch it now, it's it's a little silly. It's a little silly. It's also it's it's pretty slow, isn't it? There's it's some really little, slow parts. A lot of stuff happens in it, but it's almost like it's very simple and rudimentary. It's like, oh, what if this guy was just in all of the big things that happened? And it's just a yeah. montage of all the big historical events with a guy who's not particularly bright in them. And it's there's not much to the story. I'm like, oh, he he invented the smiley face, and he met JFK, and he was on a football. It's and he was in, it, mm-hmm. it's it's almost too like um. You know what the problem is? There's no conflict for him. Like, everything he does works out really, really well. And the conceit of the movie is like, wow, isn't this crazy that this dumb guy could do, did all this great stuff? And it's like, no, not really. It's it's crazy because you wrote this into the movie in a, in a cheesy way. Yeah, the only conflict was that him trying to get Jenny, and he couldn't Who'd, for a while. And she treated him like garbage. And she treated him like garbage, and you didn't even really want him to get Jenny. And, and yeah, that was the only conflict. It, I mean, it was... Tom Hanks, I think, did deserve Best Actor for it, which I don't oh, know yes. if he even got it. Yes, of but, course. I mean, he was really good in it. But, I think he did. Yeah, it was fine. It was, I mean, it's a good movie. I haven't watched it. When was the last okay. time you watched Forrest Gump? Uh, like three or four years ago, I caught, like, I don't know, not not even half of it. It's I one mean, of those I'm, I'd have a hard time sitting down and watching now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly a great 90s movie. It's just that year... It was against. It was going against really like all time great movies, and it's yeah. weird that it won. But the Oscars are bullshit anyway. They've always been bullshit. Yeah, that's true. All those award shows are garbage. Although I will say the '90s had. I mean, a couple of these other best pictures like make sense Wasn't to me. Jurassic Park, nineteen ninety four, too. Um, ninety three. That's good. Well, it came out in 93. And it might have been eligible for 94 Oscars, and I would make a strong argument that Jurassic Park is a better movie than Forrest Gump. I mean, 93, Schindler's List won. Yeah, but it's... So if Jurassic Park came out in 93, it could, might still have been eligible for the 94 Oscars, because you know how they're, like, uh, yeah. off yeah, balance? Yeah, it goes in, like, January, yeah. I wonder if I... You know what? If I pull up the February. Uh, Internet Movie Database, it'll say if it won any awards, and it must have won, like, a special effects award, right? It had to, absolutely. Like a best... Or, like, a best sound editing or that kind of thing? Let's see. Yeah, I could try to find out, but you I go for it. Right uh, but, but anyway, while you're searching, I'm glad you confirmed that. I just want to make sure that I wasn't losing my mind. It won three Oscars. Oh, nice. So yeah, it absolutely had to win for special effects. Those were mind-blowing at the time. It was. Okay, so it was... Eligible in the 1994 Oscars. Yeah. It won for Best Sound, Best Effects. Uh, it won for Best Sound, Best Sound Editing. Sorry, Best Sound Effects Editing and Best Visual Effects. Yeah, we didn't know what di- dinosaurs sounded like until Jurassic Park came out. <laughs> <laughs> I just still don't Jurassic know if that's Park. what dinosaurs sounded like, but... Jurassic Park is a way better movie than Forrest Gump, and it should have beaten it in the uh, Oscars. I like when it shows the raptors, and the raptors go like, oh, oh, and I'm like, who came up with that sound? Is that a real sound? How do they know that? <laughs> Some foley artist. Oh, like, like, it sounded like a, like a very aggressive seal. It's pretty close to a seal. It's a very aggressive seal. But anyway, that was my, uh, that was one. That was my bullshit bubble, I guess. Bill's bullshit sure. bubble making a Bill's reappearance. 
Glad to have it back. Well, thank you. How's it been inside the level? Oh, lonely, dark. You would think it's light would be bubble? able to permeate through it, but it but it doesn't. You didn't blow the bubble? I, I did not blow the bubble, no. I, I was caught in the bubble, <laughs> and it's a bullshit bubble. So, like, I was just walking down the street late one night, and my eyes beheld going, an eerie sight. It was a bubble. And it's just you upset <laughs> yeah. going, this bubble is bullshit! <laughs> and no one can hear me when I say it. But every time I, I yell, I make the bubble bigger because I'm putting more hot air in it. I'm on the IMDB page for um, Jurassic Park, and the page is roughly 45% roughly. Jurassic Park information and 55% Avengers Infinity War advertisement. Oh, geez. That sucks. Yeah. Bill, where are you on the Marvel movies? <laughs> I'm so behind. I don't watch... No, but like, where, I, do, you, where do they... Are you, are you, you care? It doesn't seem like you care very much uh, about the comic movies. I really enjoyed the Avengers one. Mm-hmm. Now it's now it's kind of a thing like where... Like someone asked me... Someone told me I should start watching The Simpsons because I've only seen like three episodes of The Simpsons. But there's like so many seasons to watch that I don't feel like watching The Simpsons. Um, same yeah. thing with the Marvel movies. I feel like I'm so far behind. And granted, I don't need to see all the movies, but I feel nope. like I should. No, nope. the plots are all very, very dumb. I know. Like, you and I saw, with Alex, uh, Thor Ragnarok. That one was very funny. And I believe you hadn't seen any Thor movies. Yeah, no, I hadn't seen any Thor movies. I didn't. I hadn't seen Doctor Strange, and I know he was in there for a little bit. Like, all you need to know going into those movies is like, okay, these are the good guys, and they have special powers, and these are the bad guys, and they also have special powers, and they're going to fight. Yeah. And that's kind of all, that's the, like, prerequisite information, you know? Yeah. But but this it's one coming like, out has, like, every character in it. It's got, like, 70 people in the cast. Yeah. 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 I saw the Black Panther. That was good. Is Black Panther going to be in, in the Avengers? Yeah, he's a big part of it. Oh, okay. I they're all, every that. Marvel person... Ever is in the the Avengers coming out in theaters April twenty seventh. Get tickets, according to this little ad. Oh, okay. Sure. I don't want to get tickets to the to the first day. Who <laughs> oh, the first the first day of a movie? That's that's a tough show. It's not good. You're crowded. It's loud. The only time I would go is like at like ten in the morning to see a movie. Yeah, well, that like early. a nice matinee. Yeah, but even then, it's gonna be then you're in there with the real diehards. That's the cosplay audience, which is me, fine. Uh, me, Derek, and someone else went to like an early showing of The Dark Knight the day after it came out, and like on that Saturday, and it was pretty good. It was like a medium crowd. All right. Yeah, but that was before people really understood how good that movie was going to be. That's true. That's that fair. might be my favorite movie. Other Jaws. That not is included. my. That one's really good, and it was also my favorite IMAX experience. I don't know if I told this on the show, but it was really good. I don't know what happened. So, so I was I was so glad that I had already seen the movie because um, some bad things happened in it. So, while like half an hour into the movie, the movie just completely cuts out. <laughs> it just goes to black. The audio plays for like three more seconds, and then the audio cuts out, and and people are like, "Oh, what the fuck!" and an automated voice comes on and says, we're sorry, we are experiencing technical difficulties. We will have the movie back as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And then it plays, it plays, oh, Fortuna. It's like, it's just playing music while the movie's trying to come back. What was that song you just sang? Oh, Fortuna. Um, oh, Fortuna. I'll, I'll find it. 
I don't think I've ever heard that in my life. Yes, you have. Uh, not just not the way I do. Unfamiliar. That's what you're saying, but sure, yeah. (laughs) All right, shut up. Um, (laughs) So then they get the movie back. It takes like five minutes to get the movie back. Twenty minutes later, same thing happens. Now people are like groaning. Uh, There's a couple people that are leaving. I'm assuming to try to get their money back. Of course. And I and I'm laughing. Um. And then the same message comes out. We're sorry. We are currently having technical difficulties. We will get the movie back to you as soon as possible. And then... Why the that song? Plays again. <laughs> I don't know why that song. That is not a great song to play when people are pissed off. Why would you play that song? <laughs> exactly. That's going to inspire the mob. <laughs> but at that point, since it was the exact same message in the exact same song... People were like ready for it, and as soon as mm-hmm. that song started playing, people started laughing at that point because it's sure. like, all right, well, I don't know. It's a weird okay. song to play. It's weird that IMAX would have technical difficulties because they just have the one projector and the one theater. It's I like, know. How is this? How is this one broken? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you would think you would check on that. <laughs> I guess not. I guess uh, Alan John Feinstein was not on top of his stuff back then. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about him. It's a deep cut. That no one else except people in Rhode Island know. Alan Sean Feinstein is a Rhode Island philanthropist that put his name on every building in the state uh, in the Trump way, but he's a good guy. Uh, and he, he briefly owned the Einstein, uh, uh, IMAX Theater. I almost called it the Einstein Theater. The IMAX Theater in Providence. <laughs> he did. He used to tell us to do good deeds when we were kids. Yeah, fun guy. Sure. Strange voice. Anyway. Yeah. So that was it for Bill's Bullshit Bubble. Um, All right. Chuck, I do want to ask yes. one other thing before we get to the oh, main event of our show. Is that what yeah. we would call that? The main event? I think, it, yeah, it's the, it's the title card. So, uh, small spoilers. We're going to be doing a um, another draft since we haven't done a draft in a while. Or a, a top foolish thing. Mm-hmm. I know. I always call it a draft because to me it's a draft. Yeah. It is kind of a draft. It's a reverse Fine. draft. It is a reverse draft. We're going to choose another official foolish thing. There you go. So we were trying to think of topics, and I brought up game shows, which I thought was a great topic. And you said you don't know that many game shows, which is shocking to me. Shocking? It's shocking to you? Kind of. I know. Good old entertainment. I mean, I know game shows, but so when we do our top list, we have to think of at least five each. And I think five is probably where I max out. Well, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I could have brought in like kids shows like Double Dare and What Would You Do? Sure. So maybe I can get to eight, but it's it'd have to be Jeopardy would have to be number. How many can you name? Uh, Let's do it. I can do Price is Right, Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, Millionaire, Weakest Link, the Howie Mandel gives you a briefcase. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are you yep. a fifth grader or not? Um, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> they just they just get old people and put them next to kids and they're like, which one's the fifth grader? <laughs> uh, family Feud. So I'm up to eight, and then I would. I was gonna say like, you're doing pretty kid. well. Yeah, but I don't particularly like any of them. Like I don't care about any one more than the other. Hmm. All right. Very well. I hate Wheel I of Fortunes. Like, how can you? I don't. I don't even understand having strong emotions toward it. Yeah, I guess I don't just, hate it. I just—it's just Hangman I, with a wheel. Yeah, I just don't like it. 
You don't like trying it's to boring. figure out words? I, no, figuring out words is fun and all, but just the Wheel of Fortune format just never appealed to me very much. Jeopardy, to me, is the perfect game show. See, I disagree because Jeopardy makes me feel like a complete dumbass. Well, that doesn't mean it's a bad show. It just means you're dumb. True, it's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> a Millionaire was great, too. A millionaire was pretty good. Yeah, I, I think I like games that are... Um, they take some skill to do, yet they are accessible. Like other people can also do them. Like I could, I could play Wheel of Fortune, or yeah. or Family Feud. Yeah, uh, Family Feud is also d- d- like terribly boring to me. Really? Huh. I yeah, love Family I Feud. Don't, I like like that the, one I might saw be a my Japanese favorite. game show recently, which was just a bunch of people trying to climb up a greased up staircase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one. I've seen <laughs> that, that clip. Pretty good. That was it. Was riveting. Japanese ones are the best ones. Yeah, how come we don't have any of those fun ones? I know. The closest thing we have is uh, that game Wipeout, where you have to like run through those courses that try to like throw you in the water and stuff. Or like Ninja American Ninja Warrior. I haven't watched a second of any of those. Ninja Warrior is fine. I wouldn't consider that a game show, though. It seems like with game shows, once every four or five years, a game show takes over the whole country. We haven't had that happen in a long time. Uh, no, Ninja Warrior is the closest thing to it. But it's not even like remember when when million when who wants to be a millionaire with Regis came out it was gigantic, it was gigantic. Weakest Link was big for a couple of years. I think Deal or No Deal was the last one that was huge. Uh, uh, Family Feud, I guess, is that now, but it's tapered off. But no. Family Feud was big like four or five years ago. It's on during the day, isn't it? Yeah, but everyone knows like Steve Harvey and all that stuff. Like, like yeah, but I don't think it really. It wasn't like a thing where it's like appointment viewing. Where it's like, we got to see if this one guy can answer the question. Now it's kind of turned into a clip thing, where they take the best clips and put it on YouTube. I thought it was going to happen with that Chris Hardwick one about the plink. It was basically Big Plinko. Oh, yeah. It's called like it's called the, the Wall, I think is what it's called. And it's just you play yeah. Plinko and you bet on if it's going to... And I thought that was going to be the next big one, but it didn't, it didn't happen. Nope. No, I remember you sent me that trailer, and we were just like... It's just Plinko. Like we were like, why the hell is this a thing? <laughs> what is the most important um, attribute in a game show host? Hmm. I mean, that kind of depends on the game show, but um, I think you have to be entertaining and bubbly, but not be, but not like hog the spotlight. Well, Trebek's not bubbly, but he occasionally will throw out a line that that is very funny. Um, I guess you don't have to be well, bubbly. Make fun of people pretty good. Yeah, exactly. I I I don't know. I, bubbly's not the right word. I don't know. It it's like the right amount of social, like the, being the right amount of sociable. I don't know how to put it. Uh, Trebek is the best because he like he. I don't know if he's insulting people sometimes or not. He's so dry. Like <laughs> just like he'll go up to you like if you were on Jeopardy and what you're wearing now, and he's like, "We're here with Bill Tramblin, who hosts a podcast. Bill, are those uh, headphones on your head." Uh, yes, they are. Yes, they are. Well, they're certainly very big. Moving on. <laughs> yep. It's yeah. Like, did Trebek just make fun of me or not? <laughs> it's not really a compliment or an insult, but it could be. <laughs> yeah, I think he's... Is he the number one? If you were doing a game show host uh, proper draft, would he be off the board first or would it be Regis or... I mean, it'd be hard not to say Trebek just because he's been doing it for so long. If we were going all time, like, are, are we go? Are we only going current, or are we going like all time? Because Bob Barker probably would be number one to me. Was he good? Was he good at the the show? I, I, I mean, there's there's a point where you you like 
even get past good and you just go to like iconic like he is an iconic figure in the price i don't even know how he just had a really good voice i don't know i think he was good he had that dumb microphone the, the microphone was great he he had a character kind of yeah it was a he had the really skinny microphone that made no sense um <laughs> why would anyone have that very very often um i find myself not that often but we'll, i'll be in like a game with friends in which we have to guess a number and someone mm-hmm. always says we have to do prices right rules and it doesn't make any sense right without going over yeah there'll be a thing like oh guess how many uh i don't know candy canes are in the basket and someone's like prices right rules it's like no that doesn't make any sense that doesn't make sense if it's not if you're not uh, <laughs> uh bidding on something yeah i don't know why they do that i don't know I guess that I think what it did was to try to encourage people to be more spot on with it because you don't want to go too high. Well, um, in, well, in the in the price is right. The idea is to get the best value for the product, right? True. Yes. Well, you're trying to guess the the most the you yeah you're trying to figure out how much the lawnmower is worth without guessing too much over its list price. So, sure. like, if you guessed three ninety nine. And I guessed four hundred one, and the actual price is four hundred. Even though we're the same amount off, your price is more right because you end up paying less. Yep. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. There you go. This has been Chuck Smith explains the prices right with Chuck Smith. Okay. So, folks, now, with that bullshit out of the way, mm-hmm. I almost said R.I.P. Bob Barker, but he's actually still alive. How old um, is he? Probably like ninety-two. Bob Barker's Pretty still old. kicking. Did he peak with Happy Gilmore? <laughs> Kinda. He's 94. Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, so we're going to move on to our official foolish thing. Chuck, you came up with this one. Do you want to talk about it? Yes. I think this, um, more than any other segment we've ever done, is going to properly illustrate how dumb we are. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, this is going to be like, wow, these guys really don't understand this stuff, huh? That's uh, sad. It's Everyone's going to feel bad for us. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But I think it's a little bit fun. It's going to be a little mo- bit more, um, I don't know, there might be, there might not be as much opportunity for humor, but uh, it's, 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 a, it's a good old topic, I think. I thought of it a little while ago when I was trying to figure something out and I couldn't. The name of this foolish official thing is we are going to pick the official thing we don't understand, but we wish we did of Foolish the Podcast. <laughs> Yeah, this is an interesting idea. Yeah, I don't know how, like, some of these, I feel, won't be very funny at all. Like, they might be a little too serious. But anyway, um, we'll see where we go with it. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about, because that's all we've mentioned of it. We don't, it's important to explain to listeners how little we strategize about these lists. It's just we name the topic, and then we each take our own kind of philosophy to how we're going to pick the things, and then whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you might start with something and I'll be like, oh, this is in a different format than I thought it was going to be. But, <laughs> right. But um, here we go. So, all right, I, I have the first thing, right? Uh, no, I have the first thing. Yeah, you have the fir- you have the number one pick, so I, I would go first. Okay, so you go ahead. Okay, uh, I'm going to start with probably a pretty... This is one that you might have. Um, I don't understand the people... That already I'm like, oh, he's going in a different direction than I thought. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yes. Does it just have to be things? No, I'm just, I'm, you keep going. The people who. Okay. So the people that wake up at 5 a.m. And, and go work out before work. 
I don't understand how people can enjoy. So I guess if you wanted to put a button on this, I could say I don't get people that enjoy exercising to the point where they make it some sort of ritual and they wake up at like 5 a.m. First of all, waking up when it's dark out is miserable to me. Mm -hmm. I I hate it. It makes me feel terrible. I had to wake up at like 3 a.m. last week in order to catch a flight, and I was so miserable. Um, But then second of all, the act of actually like committing pain on yourself, like putting yourself through a painful thing (laughs) after you just woke up, before going to work, which for some people is another painful thing. Um, Yeah, those people are crazy. I don't know who you people are, but you're psychos. (laughs) Um, What don't you understand about it? So I understand why people do it. Obviously, it's a healthy thing. Of course, Mm -hmm. of course, that's the reason to do it. And exercising can release like pleasurable endorphins that last throughout the day. I just don't understand how you can ever find the mentality to do it. Like, sure, I've tried to do it. I've woken up, and it feels like kind of like a job. It feels like I, I wake up, it's dark out, and I'm like, oh, fuck this. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's an equally foreign concept to me. Um, I do exercise more now than I ever did. It's still not very much. Um but I also have a, a deeply, deeply rooted problem of if you would if you had full stop said I don't get people who wake up at five in the morning I would have compl- right. agreed just as much. Um, <laughs> right. I it is impossible for me to get up in the morning. So to get up and like not stumble out of bed, fall into the shower, fall into my car, and get to work at mm-hmm. a reasonable time is hard enough for me. Throwing in an exercise there is just uh, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah, waking up with an actual job to do after that. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I, but I would love to understand it because I feel like that's a that's like a good way to live is to you know get some get some endorphins before work, get the exercise done and out of the way because instead you're like dreading doing it after work, that sort of thing. So all of it, it, it all makes sense. It doesn't not make sense. It's just uh, yeah, be, I think it takes so long to get into that mind, mindset. Yeah, they say it takes time for things to become a trend. Yeah, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> Me neither. I do all my exercising after work, and I find it much much more preferable. Yeah. I don't know. That's it. That's my thing. Okie dokie. My next one. Um, I'm looking at my list here. I don't have these ordered in any. I have a, I have a number one, I think, that I hope is still on the board by the time I get there. But then I kind of have just everything else. And I think what I'm going to go with... Is statistics and predictive modeling. Oh, okay. I see where you're going now. Yeah, like it. Like whenever uh, I like the site five thirty eight a lot, and I like that. Whenever I see guys who do like pop statistics for work, I'm always fascinated by it, and I think it's so cool. And it's just whenever they get into the explanation of it, I'm like, oh no, I don't, I don't understand any of this, and I probably shouldn't even be reading it because I don't get it. And it's just, it's probably just a function of learning math, but that kind of the ability to do like database searches and, and like, uh, not searches, but like make programs like Excel work for you in ways that are like, uh, predictive with sampling, like running simulations Mm -hmm. thousands and thousands and thousands of times and be able, being able to tell what the information is and how to control it is, um, mind boggling to me. And I think if you're able to do that, you can make, you can do anything you want in any industry because you can apply it anywhere, you know? 
Yeah. You can apply it to basketball or you can apply it to elections. It's equally as valuable. I mean, it's most common in baseball, right? That's where it's most common. Uh, it's getting pretty common in football, too. It is getting there. But no, it all comes from economics, which is another <laughs> one on my list. But it all comes from like economic theory, I think. I love it. I, I'm just like, but I'm like, yeah, just show me the graphs and I'll quickly try to digest this and then and then I'm good. Yeah, my like my problem is every time I have to, every time I go to like five thirty eight every day, and every time I read one of their analyses, I just have to say, well, I guess I just implicitly trust that you guys know what you're talking about. <laughs> and there's no like <laughs> real way for me anything. to truly <laughs> to truly verify their data, other than that there are other smart people who do this for a living too, who have verified their data. And it's just right. I kind of be like, okay, well, this like I I get what they say. And I get why it's important, but to, I guess to be able to actually do it would be really cool. What would you create stats for? Um, like I think about it at work a lot. Like I, I think I, I could use that kind of stuff to like apply to like digital, like I, I work in marketing and to apply like that with like user traffic data and stuff. But I would just like to know, like I would probably write about sports, I think is what I would do in like my spare time. Like that's how the, that's how a bunch of those guys got started. Like, um, my favorite, I think the best football analysis site is um, called Football Outsiders. And that guy mm-hmm. just started, like, he came up with this thing, this DVOA kind of theory about football, and he just applied a bunch of stats to it, and it's really smart. And actually, DVOA, I do understand a little bit, but when he gets into, like, how he runs the simulation, he's like, well, I, I can't, I don't even know how to start doing that, you know? Right. Well, that's one of the things that always impresses me is that, like, not only did you come up with a stat, but you sold it well enough to other people that other people are now u- utilizing it as well. Like I, I've seen, I've heard a couple of people use DVOA, and I'm like, wow, this guy got DVOA popular. That's impressive that he that he did that. Yeah, it's 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 being able to both work out the statistics statistics and effectively communicate, it, which is uh, pretty cool. But yeah, just I think I could do the effective communication. Uh, as listeners of this podcast would know, I am an excellent communicator who never stumbles mm-hmm. over his words or says the wrong things. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just doing the uh, the actual math behind it. Is I was going to say just math, but that's a little too broad. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need algebra. That's like the most common joke with, with math. But anyway. Sure. All right, you're up. Can you say we don't need math as Jerry Seinfeld? We don't need math! <laughs> okay, good. That was worth the price of admission. All right, anyway, next one. Um Ooh, where am I going here? Okay, I got one. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a um, crazy shift here. I don't understand hard shell tacos, Chuck. <laughs> Bill, the floor is yours. <laughs> hard shell tacos. The, the, the hump in the middle of the taco. I don't, I don't get who came up with that. I don't get why it's necessary. Every time I go to Taco Bell, I get <laughs> the look on your face. I get I get three hard shell tacos. And I love hard shell because I want a little crunch in my taco. But so okay, what, so they always on. make before the tacos you, before you go on. Yeah, before you go on, you'd like hard shell tacos. I I like hard shell tacos, but I want to understand the purpose of and the creation of them. Proceed. Thanks. Um, so, 
they always make them the same way. They put the meat on the bottom, and then above that, they put like the lettuce and the cheese and whatever other toppings you got. Those first couple bites of a taco make complete sense. I understand them. You bite on one end, <laughs> and, and and you could get the whole thing in your mouth. But by the time you get to the middle, the the taco hump is is so high that I can't get my whole mouth around it. And so that, that bite in the middle of the taco is only like shell and lettuce and cheese. I can't get, and then I have to take a second bite to get the meat area. I don't get the construction of the taco, why they agreed on that. So it sounds to me like what you would like is just a, a uniform, a, just a half of a tube. Like if you got a piece of paper and fold it, uh, <laughs> yeah. and it's just all the same height across the board. Yeah, yeah, that that would that would help more. Yeah, to where every bite is is uniform. Yes. Well, Bill, I think here's what happened: is that tacos, I believe, are traditionally uh, soft shell no matter what, and they're always in the shape of a circular uh, tortilla. And then when you bend the tortilla, I think is where you get the uh, what did you call it? The taco hump. <laughs> yeah, taco hump. <laughs> I I will say, I when you first said you didn't understand hard shell tacos, um, my the the hairs on the back of my neck stood up because I thought you were going to say they were the inferior version of the taco, and I am one of the few people on Hard Taco Island. Oh no, I like hard taco. I like hard tacos. Yeah, the 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 crunchy taco is the superior taco. I, I would agree. I know that now a lot of people are going to say it's not authentic and it's it's an insane take, but uh, I love the crunchy taco. If you want a soft taco, just get a burrito. Yeah, you could do, like, I like soft tacos too, don't get me wrong, I just prefer the hard shell. Sure. Yeah, sometimes I'll get so infuriated with taco hump that I will take my three tacos, <laughs> put them in a bowl, and just like crunch them up and kind of make a salad with, with them. A taco salad's a good thing. That's uh, yeah. but yeah, that crunch really elevates the the form, and it, that's 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 what it's all about. I'm, gl- I'm glad I could bring some seriousness to the show. All right, I'm gonna pick it up with a uh, number seven after <laughs> hard shell tacos. Um, go for it. My next pick is cars. Just cars in general. How they work, I think, is is and uh, and more uh, succinctly how to fix them. It's a good one. I thought of it. I thought I thought of that. That wasn't on my list, but it makes sense. Like a bun- I've got a bunch of stuff. Like I was gonna like go with like plumbing or be an electrician or just that kind of stuff. I think cars is the one. If only because I feel like when I take my I haven't taken my car in for a while because my car's been uh, pretty reliable. But when I had a car that fell apart all the time, which I did, um, I would take it to the mechanic, and he could have just said anything. And yep. said any price, and there was like nothing I could have done about it. And he could have been like, "Oh well, the super manifold's got an exhaust outtake, and the uh, brake lining is gonna flex your flux capacitor, and that's gonna be sixty four hundred dollars." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, I have to get to work, so <laughs> um, okay, here's my money." Uh, <laughs> I I had a terrible, terrible car a while ago, and it forced me to like do small repairs. Um. And by just like watching YouTube and like kind of figuring stuff out in the engine, but there's mm-hmm. like a pretty there's a pretty solid line between like small repairs that you can do with like your average, uh, slightly above average toolbox to the stuff where you need the 
all the big equipment and things. And I just want to know, not even how to do it, but just know that like what all the parts are and how it all works together. So when some, when the mechanic tells me, well, part A isn't working because part B isn't working. And what you really do is fix part B for me to say, nah, you're full of shit. Part B is fine. Just fix the part A. <laughs> yeah. Each part's purpose. But I have, no, I have none of that. <laughs> that's all. That's the, that's what I would, and I'm, I guess I could sit down and uh, no, I don't think I could sit down and learn it. You have to like, go to school for a long time to be a competent mechanic. I was gonna say I think really you I think you could kind of learn it a little bit, yeah. But I I don't have the I don't have the capacity for any of that kind of thing. And but if I had to pick one of the 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 like the fixer upper kind of things that I could do myself, I think cars would make the most sense because I feel like you have to do more work on your car more frequently than you have to do stuff on your house. Yeah, it's a great friend to have, too, is to have, like, a car guy that will just help you mm-hmm. out. He I must don't have any of those guys right now. No, we got a couple car guys that are good at stuff. Oh, But okay. I don't think they, they oh. like... <laughs> but two of my former roommates are good at car stuff, and they they help me out a couple times. Oh, nice. Okay, well, I may have to reference yeah. them. Um, well, well, right now we're fine, but yeah. <laughs> Not with yeah. your uh, your Buick LeSabre is, is no longer... Thank God it is dead, and I'm glad it's dead. Is it like dead? Like, do we do we know it's like? Do we know where it is? <laughs> like, is it junked? No, I, I I did I returned the car. I, I traded it in for six dollars, <laughs> and I'm I don't know what the, they couldn't have resold it for anything. I I just I hope they they sold it to a to Ted Nugent who uses it for RPG practice. I just. I, <laughs> That would be nice. It was truly that would terrible. be a nice poetic way to end of it. To end it. Yeah, All right. As much as I um, <laughs> hate Ted Nugent, <laughs> I remember being at New England Tech, and um, that's the New England Technical I, Institute. <laughs> yes, the New England Institute of Technology, um, very prestigious academy. My apologies. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And so sometimes um, I would have to go to the automotive center. Um, they have like a separate building that's the automotive center, and there were just parts and tools strewn about, and it would it would be very very intimidating for me to go to that section of the school because it just looked I, I I don't know any of that shit. Yeah, it's 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 tough when you're around the type of guys that do because they're all like, well, you're not truly an adult man for not knowing what the carburetor is. <laughs> Yeah, man things in general piss me off. Like, oh, you have to be a man to... Don't tell me what makes a man. (laughs) It's a problem. Bill, what's your next pick? Okay, my next pick is... um, Hmm. So many different ways I could go. I probably should step up from this hard shell taco. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say art. <laughs> okay. Um there like some art I get. Like I I went to I went to a school for video audio production and I learned like framing and focal points and and there was one class just on like focal points and art where they would show like an art piece and you would have to pick out the focal point based on oh the coloration or its placement on on the frame that sort of thing. Wait, was the um, whole was the whole course focal points or just the one class? This one class. Okay. 
Yeah, no, that would be crazy. Lots of like <laughs> focal points in American art, 1970 to 1976. That would be a hell of a job. Just, oh yeah, they point out that thing. Yeah, that would be a great job. Um, so so no, so I feel like I have kind of a. I feel like that gave me a base understanding to where I could go to an art gallery and kind of at least pick out some stuff when mm-hmm. I'm looking at art. But there's still a bunch of art that I don't get it. I don't know if I don't know if other people actually get it or if they say they they get it. I don't know if it's all interpretive. Um, but I remember we went to Brooklyn uh, Ooh, and, and uh, then we ended up and we ended up in New York and we went to the Guggenheim, which is Guggenheim. Yeah, the Guggenheim, which is Guggenheim. a very prestigious art museum. It was, yes. And um, it was nice. A lot of it was very cool. Yep. Um, I remember that one video where it's just a person's back. And, oh, God. And it would just get slapped, but they wouldn't show the hand slapping. You would only hear the sound, and all you would see is the actual marks from the slapping, they, which is a little... Go ahead. It was Yeah, so it was like an hour-long video of a guy getting slapped on the back a hundred times maybe yeah it was a, it was a lot of slapping and they just edited out not the audio but just the millisecond of uh, footage in which the 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 he was slapped so you would just yeah. see the back then it would it would do a very quick cut you would hear the crack of him getting slapped and then you would see a mark on his back and for throughout the hour it slowly got worse and worse and worse it was really strange it was strange, but it was cool. I liked. It was like a very original idea, and I liked it. Um, and I think but it, then was, it was. Well, I think ahead. it was topical too, because remember, it was all about um, that the what they had on what they were featuring was was Chinese art, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and I think that was part of like the like weird uh, like prison chambers or something in like the uh, in one of the Asian wars. I forget what it was. It was real strange. Yeah. But then there was one part in the Guggenheim where it it was and it was a, it was a decent portion too. It was like a whole exhibit where all the pictures were just fucking squares. It was just squares on top of other squares <laughs> and they all were like different colors. And I think the thing was actually called like an homage to squares. <laughs> yes, I remember this. And I'm like how the fuck does this get in here? Right? <laughs> Anyone could do that. Yeah, it's um, when I think about that, I think of Jackson Pollock and another guy named Rothko who did different things. Uh, like Pollock, everyone knows he's like the squiggles, right? Yep. Where he would just like get his brush and flip it at the the canvas, and it did look really cool. And the right. the the first question you say is, "Well, anyone can flip a fucking paintbrush at a canvas," but he did, and no one else had before that, and it did <laughs> it did look really cool. So he gets points for that. And if someone like tomorrow flipped their brush at a canvas, they would say, well, you're just copying that guy. And Rothko, was, <laughs> uh, Rothko is another guy who who did squares as well, but they were really, really big squares. They were like four foot by four foot. And they would like they would just be like one whole square of orange. And sometimes the orange would fade to yellow. And they're actually like very, it's it's like, oh, it's just a fucking square. But it did, it did look cool in like a big gallery space with everything. Yeah. Um, I'm not offering an answer. I, I don't. Uh, I'm with you. There's there's plenty of times where I'm in, in an art gallery and I I just kind of say I don't get why this is. What's the? This isn't. This isn't good. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I feel like there's some super hidden meaning or something 
something deeper that I have to think about in order to to get it. And then uh, at the same time, my brain is also thinking, oh, this is all just bullshit, and anything I think would just be this manufactured, like kind of your own perspective sort of thing. Yeah, but occasionally every uh, there are some pieces that really hit you, and like, oh, this is so awesome. Like, <laughs> it's a very um, dumb way to describe it. You're like, oh, this is just awesome to look at. I remember when we were in the Guggenheim, they had a number of Picasso uh, paintings. Mm-hmm. Remember that one? There was uh, it was just a it was a, a portrait of a woman. I guess you could call it. It was all in gray, and she was very sad. Yes, yeah. And it was I, I actually, it was I actually wanted to buy that one. It was captivating. You could just stare at it for 20 minutes. And if someone asked me, if someone came up to me and said, oh, this is just a painting of a woman. What's so special about that? Anyone can draw a woman. I don't know that I would have an answer other than I just, it's, it's something about it strikes my eye in a certain way. And yeah. maybe, may, maybe the art that we don't understand happens to strike a whole bunch of people's eye in a certain way that it just doesn't for us. Right. That's the best I can, I don't because I think of that with like Warhol, who just took the 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 screen printings of of Campbell's soup, and I'm like, nope, this isn't this this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Campbell's soup, this is dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. And I get it's a comment on American consumerism, and we like, but fuck you, Campbell's soup is fine. It feeds a lot of people for not a lot of money, and it's just there. Like, what are you really saying here, buddy? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I yeah, found the, the Picasso picture. That one, it is really nice. It is. It's something. Do you, did you find it? Yeah, it, it's it's named like uh, Ferdinand with a black mantilla. It, sure, what it's called. You couldn't just call it the Gray Lady. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no. It's in. You know what? Like you look at it, and maybe we'll maybe this will be the episode picture. <laughs> it doesn't sure. do it. It doesn't do it justice. But it's big. It's probably what like three by five in feet, maybe. Yeah, maybe small. Maybe like smaller that. than that. But it. Something about it was truly captivating. You just stare at it and how, like, I don't know, he was able to make you feel these emotions <laughs> emotions by looking at it. Um, so maybe the art we don't understand does that for other people, but I'm, I'm with you. There's plenty of that art that I just, that goes, it's either over my head or under my head, and I'm not sure <laughs> which one it is. Yep. All right, cool. I'm glad you agree. Yeah. There's also that big, isn't there, like, a big bean in Chicago? There certainly is. And And what the fuck is that thing? Yes, uh, sculpture, that kind of modern art sculpture is where I'm really lost. Like, sculpture of that sort does nothing for me at all. Like, that abstract kind of modernist, it's just a shape. Yep. It's like, oh, you've just sculpted a weird shape, and that's not <laughs> know what you did here. Like, it's um, cool. It's 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 like, I. it's cool in that, it. hey, this is a, a big fucking thing that's I've never <laughs> seen before, so I guess it's cool, but... My favorite, my favorite piece of art... Um, the one that evoked the strongest reaction out of me is in the um, National Gallery of Art in Washington, and it's a piece of it's a sculpture by an Italian sculptor, I believe. I forget his name, but um, it's called a uh, girl reading, um, and it's just a, a sculpture in marble of this girl who's reading a book, and it's like I remember the first time I saw it, it was so good, like I was like, oh, this is like this person's gonna come to life. But she was stone, you know, and like he, it was just, I don't know. That's the only piece of sculpture that's really knocked me out, but it happens to be the best thing I've ever seen art wise. And then I see the, the bean or like those sculptures where it's just like a whole bunch of sticks. Right. And random shapes. And right. I just don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think we're just yeah. not sophisticated enough. 
Yeah, but at the same time, like, fuck them. I don't know. I feel, <laughs> I feel fine. <laughs> anyway, um, what is your next thing? My, I'm gonna for a different reason. I'm gonna stay in the same kind of thing here. I'm gonna go with Shakespeare. Sh- sh- sorry, what? Shakespeare. Oh, Shakespeare. He was yeah, a popular a- playwright. Um, I thought you said shape ear, and I was like, what? No, Shakespeare. Um, I took a number of classes in Shakespeare in college. I forget all of them. Uh, but I, I, I technically studied Shakespeare. I guess you could say that. I like read all of his histories and dramas, I think. Nice. Uh, but this was 10 years ago, and I don't remember most of them because they're, they're all very long and about the same thing. Um, You're not one of those people that could just spout out quotes from it? No, but that's the thing I want to be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just the, the, I want to be able to quote Shakespeare. I guess in a um, I don't know when I would break that out, and when I did, it would be the most douchey thing in the world. <laughs> but, but I kind of, well, I kind of, for some reason, I want to be able to just bang out a Shakespearean sonnet whenever I want to. Sir, There's here's a- your coffee. <laughs> well, the gonna- light of the moon <laughs> coasts along my eyes. I don't know. I, I have no fucking idea. Sure. I was hoping you. you I was hoping you would do it because I, <laughs> no, I don't fucking know. I was. I was more than happy to hang you out the drive for that. <laughs> I was hoping you knew one. There's an episode of um, Mark Maron's podcast, which I haven't listened to in a long time, but uh, Ian McKellen was on it. Oh. Uh, you might know him as Magneto in X-Men. Or Gandalf. Or Gandalf, but he's also an actor, like an English theater actor, and he does Shakespeare, and Mark Maron was like, I don't really get Shakespeare. And they, he, they ended the episode with Ian McKellen just reciting a monologue from one of the plays, and it was just, it was just fucking awesome. And I was like, oh, oh I wish great. I could just, yeah, I highly, it's, I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, that's all. I just wish I, I could, uh, maybe not quote it, but just be able to reference it and be like, oh, well, you know, and, in, in Richard the Fifth, this happened, and that's much like, because that's what's so, um, Outside of the the mastery of language, what they say is so great about Shakespeare is that these are stories that hold up over time and time because they they tell very very relatable human stories, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can constantly like I'm sure there are a million Shakespeare references to what's happening now with uh, the person who's in charge of our country, and I just don't <laughs> know enough of them, you know. But I'd like to I'd be like, oh, this is fucking Macbeth. He's the Macbethy guy, and he's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so far removed from it. I just don't. I got nothing. I'm wondering if any art now will be referenced in like a hundred years the same way that Shakespeare is. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I bet. I think it would be hip hop, right? Yeah, maybe. I think that's that's what it's going to be. I think because that's the one that came up came of age in our, or maybe rock and roll too. It depends on how far away you're. If it's like. The year twenty five hundred, they might say the music of our time was rock and roll and hip hop. I guess maybe. Like I, I could picture, yeah, like like fuck the police and and fight the power still being referenced a hundred years from now, like as a as a time of rebellion and. Or like Imagine by John Lennon. Like, yeah, that too. Sure. You know, maybe um probably everything Kesha's ever done. <laughs> the Real Housewives of Orange County. <laughs> sure. Yep. <laughs> Jersey Shore. Uh yes, I bet there's a couple movies. Maybe Shawshank. I don't know. Maybe The Wire. Yeah, could be. It's funny. I couldn't name a famous painter who's alive right now, other than other than Banksy. Right. Yeah. No. I I can't either. Like I'm sure there's a bunch of them, and 
in 80 years people will be saying oh this was this he this was guy was painting his best stuff in 2018 and i am thoroughly unaware of who it is yeah no i got i got nothing on that. other than banksy see i don't even know who that is you don't know banksy no i don't know banksy chuck Oh, you should check out Banksy. Banksy is a graffiti artist, and he's really fucking awesome. There's a documentary called oh, Ex- okay. Exit Through the Gift Shop. Yeah, he's he's tremendous. He's I, the I've one guy. Of, I've heard of him yeah. now. Okay. But, uh, yeah, Bill, what's your next pick? All right, my next pick is... Hmm. Um, where do I want to go with this? Yeah, I guess I'll... Hmm. Yeah, I guess I'll go with this one. I was going to get a little depressing, but I guess I don't want to understand that. The, the, the part here is want to understand it. Ooh, um, yes. That's, well, hey, man, it's your, it's, it's your draft. You do what you want. Yeah, I, I guess I'll, yeah, I guess I'll go with this because the other one's kind of just hokey and stupid. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say, I'll say my other one for last. Um, I will say I don't get um, couples, like those couples that fight all the time and that constantly break up and make up and and get back together and then separate again and they do that for like 3 years until it, it, they they finally just settle on breaking up like i don't get why they would want to take that roller coaster ride i feel like there's something i'm missing that that makes it all worth it maybe it's cuz i i don't i haven't been in many relationships and I'm, i apologize if i'm taking this way too seriously but um i do think it it always fascinates me every time i see it i'm like why are those people still doing it yeah, I, um, yeah, no, it's like unhealthy codependency, I guess, is what the answer would be. <laughs> yeah. I guess we could get real serious about this. It's an unfortunate thing every time you see it. I was in one of those in college. I think it's reserved primarily for younger people. I don't know. I I, I know my share of uh, older people that, that have it. That, that, because I, I think it also gets to a point, like, where maybe you've been together for like 10 years and, you know, you're so used to it that, you know why bother stopping at this point? Um. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I don't have much to add on this. I know one. I've taken it in a crazy direction. I apologize, but I, I did want to throw it out there. I, yeah, I legitimately no, don't understand it. Um. Yeah, it's just. Uh, well, you you engage in uh, unhealthy. You you do things you know you shouldn't do, right? Yeah, I guess that's a good way of putting it. Sure, because yeah. you like it, like you know, like um, you might like you, you Taco Bell is fucking delicious. I love. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, shouldn't I go eat to really stop, badly, and I stop going to Taco it. Bell. So it's you know yeah. maybe the same thing. It's it does seem like I was going to say the consequences are worse, but maybe they're not. Um, yeah, it, it's it's always very apparent when you're like, oh, just get out of this, just stop doing this, just stop doing this thing. It's bad for everybody, but. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, with, the, with the food <laughs> thing, I feel like it's an addiction, um, mm-hmm. and and I get addicted to it, and and the thought of it, and I'm yeah. So I get I, is it the same way with the relationship thing, to where you get you're so like ingrained in it that it's kind of like an addiction, or you feel uncomfortable when you're not having it anymore. I don't know. Yeah, so let's just. Um, I do want to put a, a little bit of a, a note here outside of like the. Um, the ones in which one of the participants in the relationship is a victim. Yeah, I'm not talking about like domestic not, violence or anything yeah, like that. No, and like no, people no, no, who no. can't get out of those. That's a clear. I think you're talking about more the couples who just don't get along. Who just like it would be better for everybody if you guys just stopped. 
And the, yeah, they yeah, almost I, seem to enjoy like arguing that kind of that kind of thing. It could be an addiction, like a, a psychological addiction for drama, where it's just like I need to have these kind of um, I don't know these, these dramatic events. Like some people are just addicted, or not addicted, maybe, but just like feed off of those kind of dramatic events in their life. Yeah, and maybe. then when they get paired with someone who also does, it's just always a, like a volcanic type of thing. Yeah. I think they mostly end. I think, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how many 70-year-olds have been in relationships for 20 years in which they're on and off again for two-year periods. <laughs> okay, we can end this one. I just I figured I'd throw it out there. Sure. Um. All right, my next, let's see, I'm kind of, I have my number one, which I think is, it seems like it's going to be safe. So should I do I'm another go- one? <laughs> should I? Should I cut that out? No, I think that's fine. Okay, fair enough. Um... All right, my number three. I'll 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 take us up a little bit. I'm gonna go with uh, wine. I had that on my list. I thought about saying it. Uh, wine is delicious. Um, the problem, even like I'm a person who probably knows more about wine than the average person. Um, okay. But it, I still don't know much about it. Like I can do the thing where if you put a glass of like Cabernet in front of me and a glass of Merlot and said one of these is Cabernet and one of these is Merlot. Can you pick out which one? I would get it right like 75% of the time. Hmm. But if you if you gave me two, if you gave me the same wine glasses and didn't tell me one of them was Cabernet and one of them was Merlot and said what kind of wines these are, I'd be like, I, I, don't, I don't I got nothing. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Um, I just I I do like wine a lot, and I I know some people who are very into wine and have good wine knowledge, and it's such a it's a cool, uh, it's it's cool to have in your bag of social tricks. Like if you have people over and be like, oh yeah, well, I have these lovely selections, and just be able to present someone with like, uh, Bill, what's what? How do you like your meat cooked? Uh, medium typically. What's your favorite kind of vegetable? Uh, I. Guess I guess spinach, uh, chicken or pork. Uh, chicken. Okay, I have a lovely Syrah that you're going to think is just great. It's from Tuscany. Oh, it's a little right. spicy, and you're gonna love it. And then to give you that wine, and if you'd be like, "Oh fuck, he was right. This is really good." <laughs> I just wanted like that's, <laughs> you know. And part I have of me a, feels part of me feels like that's not real. Like that's not actually a thing. Like that that people just pretend it's a real thing, but. I don't know. No, like no. I think knowing good, not necessarily expensive wine, but knowing a bunch about like just good wine—that's a thing. Okay. Okay. I do know it. It is true. It's like a scientifically proven thing. I think I saw it in Freakonomics, but also just with like general blind taste tests. There is no true correlation between the price of a bottle of wine and its and its quality. Right. Uh, there really isn't like. Uh, you can get really, really good wines for $15 a bottle and really, really bad wines for $90 a bottle. So I think that's part of it too. Just like, I don't know. I just want to know more about wine. I like, I think of, I've made clear in the show that a passion of mine is, is cooking and stuff. And I think the next level of that is, is learning uh, all the, the fun stuff about wine. And I just don't know enough about it yet. So do you eventually want to be one of those people that like takes the wine and, and smells it and can like super analyze it? Oh, I, I do that anyway. I can't analyze it, but I do do the swirly and the smelly. <laughs> the swirly and the smelly. Yeah, you swirl in the glass and you smell it, and I do do that. I'm like, oh, yes, this is very floral and the rich notes of raspberry and, <laughs> sure. and timber. 
but uh <laughs> tinder timber i don't know oh okay <laughs> oh some wines are oaky but no i would like to i would like to beef up my wine uh knowledge of rep, my wine knowledge so i know a bunch about beer and i think there's just more there's more to to wine and i'd like to know more about it okay yeah i okay. I, I i like some wine like i like sweeter wine but yeah most of the other wine just tastes like it tastes like leaves to me and <laughs> I'm like, why do people love this? <laughs> sure. That that's, you know, that's I, I a, eat a lot of leaves. <laughs> I think that's a valid. I'm sure, much like the art that no one uh, that isn't good that people say is good. There's a ton of ton of the wine culture that's just real, real thick bullshit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe not though. I don't know. I've always wanted to go to like one of those wine tastings, but I wouldn't enjoy it very much. Like it seems like a fun social. Thing oh, there, where you, yeah, there's some around here. I think we should there. go. Right. Yeah, there's there's a couple wineries uh, in Rhode Island. I think we should go to one because uh, they're they're not particularly good, but they're fun little experiences. Okay, I'm in. Yeah, we'll do a foolish. Uh, we'll do a fancy foolish. Ooh, yeah. And we'll <laughs> do a live report from Newport Vineyards. Fancyish. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So um that was a good one. I like and so this is my last one. I'll have to make up for the the one before that. I, I just like going I like going as far along the spectrum as I can. Like I sure. I like going as dumb as tacos and then as serious <laughs> <laughs> as fucked up relationships. Anyway, um so my my last one here I think is is pretty good. Um, I don't understand dancing slash clubbing. I don't understand that scene. I, I like, um, I don't understand. Like my, like my mom used to go out to the, to, to a club every so often and, and, you know, dance the night away. And, and I understand that like guys will go there hoping to like pick up somebody, but I think some guys legitimately go just for the scene and for, for dancing around and stuff too. Um, I personally don't get it. I kind of want to get it because I'm always looking to socially expand myself. But every time I go there, I just feel, I don't know if intimidated is the right word, but I feel like just walking up to, uh, even walking up to someone and just like wanting to dance with them is just a strange experience. Like, um, the last time I danced was at, uh, my friend's wedding Mm-hmm. And I danced with um, some girl for like three minutes, and we were just like staring at each other, moving. And I'm like, I don't feel comfortable at all right now. Like I, like I felt so uncomfortable. Sure. Um, and and yeah, like I see the appeal in. I I can, I can kind of see the appeal of it, but I, I I don't I personally don't feel it. So no, I, I'm with you as far as like. Um as a pickup strategy or as like bumping and grinding is like a, a ritual of like the pre like mating process. That's always been very foreign and it's creepy to me. I'm like I'm yeah. going to rub up on a girl. Yeah. However, um, at a wedding, what I think you got to do, and we didn't get the chance to do that. We only, we've only been at one wedding together. Um, yeah. Group dancing is a lot of fun. Uh, you mean you mean group dancing? That's not like the electric slide or something. You just mean no, dancing I mean, to a song if, as a group. If like "Shake It Off" by Taylor. If we were all, I think this is going to happen at my wedding. Certainly, 
uh, when we're all going to be milling about and shake it off by Taylor Swift is going to come on and Alex is going to be like, everyone's going to get on the dance floor and we're all just going to jump around and yell and sing the song together. That's where dancing is really, really fun. Okay. Or like, um, yeah, those, it's, <laughs> it's a very cheesy white person thing. <laughs> uh, I guess I think of cheesy white people <laughs> when I think of it, but when like Mo Money, Mo Problems comes on. And like everyone knows the words to it and dance really, really terribly and really dumb, but you have a lot of fun doing it. That that's that's a lot of fun time. But that is very different than the clubbing experience, which I which is uh, equally. It's always boggled my mind why clubbing is fun for anyone. I was gonna say I I yeah I always think of the club thing where like a girl will be dancing around and a guy will be like dancing with the girl, but he might not be doing too much. He might just be bopping his shoulders around to the mm-hmm. beat. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, I feel like I could do that, but even like when I try to do that, I still feel incredibly awkward and just like, why am I doing this? Like, well, it's also just like in a in a logical way, it's predictive of like, I guess if you want to say, well, if you can dance on the floor, you can dance on the bed. But other than that, is this Doctor Phil saying that? That's right. If uh, listen to me. Uh, uh, now, what I gotta tell you, Bill, is if you can't dance on the floor, you can't dance in the bed. <laughs> you can read that in chapter 13 of my book, Dr. Phil's Mating Rituals. Son, you gotta tell him to put it on the glass. <laughs> no, but it's very like, so I'm gonna go meet a person in a club uh, and just see how well they can move their joints uh, around. And that's like any predictive indicator of what I want to be with as a person. It doesn't make any sense to me as far as like a picking up thing. And that I've always hated clubbing, but dancing is great. Dancing is it's one of the oldest uh, art forms in the world. It's uh, it's just you know how music makes you happy, Bill. Yeah, yeah. Have you danced in your car? You've jammed out in your car. We've done that. Uh- I was gonna say, yeah, I, I, I do a little bit, and, and I do like dancing as a performance. Like if someone, like, like I, I saw in America's Got Talent or something, where this guy had like kind of a choreographed dance performance to a song, and it was very, very entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay. that that odd social thing is what I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this home for you. Uh, when I was not, uh, uh, I had just moved back to uh, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And you would come up from D.C. and I was dating a girl and we were all together in my car coming back from the Wild Colonial. And the greatest man that ever lived came on. Oh, right. Yes. Do you remember this? Yes. And we all sang it in the car and I was doing the high parts and you did the low part, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was just a super fun experience of singing a song together. Yes. That's the same joy that comes from group dancing at a wedding. Yeah, I eventually just got to learn to get past the awkwardness, I suppose. Yeah, well, no, because with the group dancing at the wedding, when it's me, you, and, like Joe and Christian and Derek, all like freak, it, it, the awkwardness is gone. It's just everyone having fun and being joyful, and that's sure. what—that's the true spirit of dancing. Hmm. Okay. This has I been hope, the art I of dance with Chuck Smith. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> What's your number one? Number one My thing. Number- official thing. The number I, I'm glad I this is this was the first one I I don't remember what made me think of this list and this was not it but as soon as I started thinking about it again this was the one that came up so the official uh, thing that the hosts of Foolish the podcast don't understand but would like to is astronomy oh I did not expect this one um, partly it comes from I've been on a big Neil deGrasse Tyson kick 
I was going to say, I, fe- I felt with all the times you listened to him that you did kind of understand astronomy. No, like, I, at a very base level, he's more of an astrophysicist. Like, I understand at a base level, like, what the Big Bang Theory is and, like, how gravity works, you know, at a, at a very, like, casual level. But what I want to be able to do is, like, be outside at nighttime and be like, oh, see those stars there? That's Cassiopeia. Oh, right. And then just, like, brush my shoulder off and walk away like a cool guy. I've noticed all your things have to do with being more cultured. Um. Yeah, maybe, maybe, or, or maybe, just sounding more smart. I guess I don't know. Maybe we've discovered something deep and dark about my fear of not being cultured and smart. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. I'm sorry. Well, no. I just, well, what it all is, I just want to know more things about stuff. And yeah, I'd like to be able to like point at the stars and be like, oh yeah, that's the uh, Bull Moose constellation. It's only uh, it's only in the sky from April to March in the northern hemisphere. And over there is Mars, and uh, just just above your right shoulder is the International Space Station at ten fifty five on Wednesdays. Like just, I think just I could even boil it down from astronomy to the constellations. Knowing the constellations or the or the night sky really well would be that's something I'd like to and I think is cool to. That's what I want to understand. Right. Because I don't see the constellations; I just see dots. There is an app that will be very helpful for that. Um, there's an I've, app. I've, oh, I've got them. Yeah, they don't. That I always end up deleting them after a day because I'm never in a place where I can actually look at the stars. I know we're not in a good place to learn astronomy. We'd have to be more in like a, a, a quieter area. I mean, I did. I lived in Vermont for five years when it would have been very helpful, but that was before the time of smartphones. So right. I would have to get like a map or something. Ugh, paper. <laughs> You uncultured son of a bitch. Well, yeah, I guess I am. I, um, I love I love that stuff, though. I, I love, uh, like, everyone can pick out Orion. Orion's the most easy one in the world to pick out. Wait, can you pick out Orion? Yeah, it's got the belt. <laughs> it's got the belt. I can, find the, I, can, I can find the North Star. See, that one, I, uh, that's on one of the dippers, right? It's it's uh, but it's but it's the tail end of the little dipper. If you find the big dipper and you go to its tail and you go up by like three stars, you can find it. It's very very dim. It's hard to see, but it's there. Which is funny because they make it seem like it's the brightest one in the world. Common misconception. It's not true. <laughs> so so do you want to be one of those guys with the telescope? I would love to. Yeah, I would love to have a telescope. I think if, if but the, I think they're pretty expensive in there. I wouldn't use it very much, so I would never justify the purchase. Yeah, some of those things are like a thousand dollars. Yeah, but I think that'd be pretty cool to like look at Saturn. That'd be awesome to like look at Saturn from your living room and actually see the rings on it with your telescope. I think that's that's a really cool thing. Yeah, there's Google. <laughs> that's <a> good point. <laughs> there is Google. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I'm fine with that being the uh, the number one choice. I do think uh, space is a uh, it's the final frontier. They say, Chuck. Yep, that's what they say. <laughs> space, the final frontier. These are the voyages, of the Starship Enterprise. Its mission to boldly go. No man has gone before. I think to explore all. strange new worlds. <laughs> Seek out new life, a new civilization. To go where no man has gone before. 
These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Yeah. Great job. <laughs> Bill, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the new one. Do it. You ready? No, sure. For Bill Chamberlain, I'm Chuck Smith. This has been Foolish the Podcast. Good night, everybody.